0: Well, as friends, it's Miguelito here from Los Remedios Clubhouse, of course the Cuban brothers, and this is a sound purchase.
1: This is a sound purchase, a podcast that does a deep dive to explore iconic recordings. Episode twenty-seven, the BGs' spirits having flown. So I, I got the 30th
2: anniversary edition of Total Recall the other day.
1: Ah, uh, yes, I remember you saying it. Yep. Yep. I had a Very great nice. time
2: rewatching that, but I was a little disturbed at the beginning. Maybe that's the wrong way to go about this, but at the beginning there was a message that I've never seen, and it was something along the lines of, the views in this film are outdated and may cause offence or discomfort. Are they? And I was thinking... well, so who? Well, that's, that's nice. what I was thinking. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, <laughs> if anything, it's kind of like, you know, there's the whole martians versus earthlings there's the whole mutants versus kind of earthlings yeah you know if anything it's ahead of its time and it's it's kind of discussing that barrier of racism but
1: yeah i can't remember any scenes in particular that had like any horrible racist stereotypes or caricatures or anything and it's not even Uh, a product of its time that yeah that would normally imply it was made in like the 40s or something it was 30 years ago was 1990. We weren't that backwards in the 90s. I mean, we are pretty backwards in the 90s, but we weren't that backwards.
2: Well, the only thing I could get to was that, you know, he's not the best around women, our friend Hauser and Quaid, but in the sense of his wife, who's kind of not his wife, is trying to kill him, so he keeps calling her names, but they're not actually that bad.
1: And she is trying to kill him. I think you could be forgiven. That's what I was thinking. Anyway. Someone who's trying to kill you.
2: If this comes no, across not... as uh really kind of in poor taste, Paul, we might need to cut that one out.
1: No no yeah. uh, let us know if we if we're missing something here <laughs> about yeah, yeah. Um, yeah about total recall. Other maybe it's than... just the science is bad. Maybe they're apologizing for like the way that they react when they're on the surface of Mars. Yeah, maybe like it's not maybe it's not a the, uh, uh, racial the eyes or bulging or out, sexist out and thing. stuff like that, yeah. you know. Yeah. Maybe it's like science has come a long way in 30 years. We know a lot more. What would actually happen is this and then.
2: Yeah, I think Christopher Nolan sat them down and gone, now listen, (laughs) this is how it works when you're in space. Yeah. Okay, well, then the second yeah, second port of business, Jake, I was going through having a look at our all-time stats. This is a bit of a rabbit hole that I can fall down occasionally. What would you say is our most successful episode so far in terms of listens? Was it Silverchair? Yeah, still is, still is Silverchair. What is our least successful?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Is I've got to remember what episodes have we done? Hang on, let me get them. Uh,
2: I think you'll moment. be surprised by this
1: one. Uh, right, let's have a look. So, is it Steely Dan? No, I know you were saying st- no. It's not Steely Dan. Not Steely Dan. Justified?
2: No. Let me let me rephrase. I think you'll be surprised and hurt by this one.
1: New Metal. Nope. Sparkle horse. No. I don't know then. Ween? Ween. Poppy? Oh, really? Ween is our like
2: least listened to episode.
1: But it's the one we've gone on about how good the album that is the is most. Like, after the fact.
2: And for me, I mean, I edited that one. That's the pinnacle of all my editing prowess. That is where <laughs> I've, I, every episode, I am trying to get back to the height of Ween.
1: Yeah. Oh, people People obviously have the same attitudes that you and me has before listening to that album. Mm. It's just like, that's oh, Ween, isn't it? Skip that one. Well, uh- <laughs> yeah, but then
2: one thing I forgot to bring up when we were talking to Sam from the Phoenix Foundation, when I was listening to their thing about comedy and music, their podcast with Jermaine from Flight of the Conchords, they, they, they brought up Ween, and they were talking about how Ween – is they love Wayne then specifically, and I, the reason I want to bring this up, Luke Buddha from Phoenix Foundation says they've got this track called "Pink Eye" on my leg, which, as you will remember, was my favorite track. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, so that it's, it's a great album. That's my business. Album.
1: Listen, listen to our podcast on that episode, then listen to that album. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, listen to the podcast alongside the album. Mm. It's like um, it's like reading I Partridge where he's got the track recommendations going on. Never read it. Did you listen to the audiobook? No. I very much recommend the audiobooks just because obviously he does it in character. Yeah. yeah and yeah. it makes them that little, you know, elevates them. I mean they're good books anyway. But
2: see, I got uh, I got the Ron Burgundy biography <laughs> or something, and I hated it. Oh really? I absolutely hate. It. I ended up giving it to a mate because it was a bit of a joke. We loved anchorman growing up but it was just like oh i can't i can't deal with this and I, don't get me wrong i'm not a man of fiction i'm not i don't really like fiction if i look at my my bookcase i mean i've got bander brothers here i've got the history of moldy music here i've got oh murder ballads here you know it's all non fiction all of it
1: i mean ours is mostly well yours is it's mostly your books chloe and most of it is poems and things by various arty farty People like Sylvia Plath. Oh, whoa, Platham. whoa,
3: whoa, whoa! There is also you've you've got a lot of Lord of the Rings
1: there. No, oh, no, that's my yeah. stuff. So my um, stuff yeah, is all no, fiction. It's all fiction, baby.
3: Look at mine, and you're like, wow, it's very mentioned.
1: sad. Oral. What's their new one called? Ah, oh, I've forgotten what it's called now.
2: Well, this is probably a good time to to bring up the guest on the episode, Jake. And I'm not sure whether oh, yes. whether we want to go down the route of her being your wife or her being like the number one listener of the podcast that we invited on because she's the number one listener of the podcast.
1: I mean, it's a bit of column A, mostly column B, mostly column B. I mean, she so she was very upset when we didn't invite her on to talk about Steely Dan, very upset. And this album was actually her suggestion as well, so
3: so I apologise in advance.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, no, it's good because you you know so much about them that I've had to do practically no research because I can just defer to you. Brilliant, yeah. (laughs) It's just like, right, Chloe, you know about the Bee Gees, you watched that documentary.
3: I I did, I watched that documentary one time and it awoke a lot of, uh, mainly memories, to be fair, about how my nan used to listen to them a lot and I kind of, watched the documentary and thought, my God, they are so underrated. I haven't actually listened to an album outside of um, Saturday Night Fever. And this was the album that I listened to and really, really enjoyed.
2: Well, I'm I'm really glad that you bring up the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack because that's the first of my notes is that whilst it's not actually officially a Bee Gees album, it is an incredible, incredible album. And my notes say, mm. bearing in mind, Jake, this is my, these notes were written long before we did our episode, but... My notes say that should be recognised as one of the top 10 soundtrack albums. Whoops.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It unfortunately, it doesn't count because it wasn't sort of incidental jukebox. Music, oh, it? But yeah, it is good point. Phenomenal... Good point.
2: Okay. So I'm still safe.
1: Yeah. You're still safe. Don't worry. Still safe, I, used a to,
2: brilliant I, album. I used to play the soundtrack all the time at Ground. When I was working in the coffee shop, so <laughs> I used to play it so much. I went through a massive phase of it, of listening to it all the time because, yeah, it's a bit cheesy, but everybody kind of likes it. You know, yeah. I I I, yeah. I would defy you to find someone that would sit there and listen to Night Fever and just go, oh, nah, you know. Yeah, I've got yeah. no joy. like Exactly. You know,
3: I'm you know, a desperately sad
4: person.
2: Yeah, they'd really have to be putting it on, <laughs> wouldn't they, you know. It would be, it I would be so, the, yeah. the putting it on. No, I'm way too cool for this. So no, this isn't cool. So anyway, I played it so much that uh, the owner actually took it off the iPad so we couldn't play it anymore. Wow. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so basically the owner was that person?
2: No, no, no,
1: no. The owner just... Or wants- was it just you, they got sick of it because of you?
2: Yeah. Feel like it's too much joy. Basically, it's like all, all the right. time. The same with Nick Drake. So Chloe introduced me to Nick Drake. I put Nick Drake on the next day and he said no. No, we're not having Nick Drake. That's just so, wow. you know, routine coffee shop music. Everybody plays Nick Drake. We're not playing it. So I love
3: the contrast there. DJs. Nick Drake. I know. I know. Like, the two yeah. kind of parts of my personality there.
1: Yeah. 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 So we haven't actually done the introduction still. So we're joined today by uh, my wife and number one fan of the show, friend of the show, I should say. First lady um, of the show, really. really. Yeah 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 first lady well i mean i i see you more as the president so i guess i guess your wife would be the first lady what's what's the vice president's wife i I
2: don't think my wife wants anything to do with this (laughs) though i think we can have our own podcast one day
3: it's kind of you know
2: i i did suggest to her that yeah you you could sit down with her and do a podcast just absolutely ripping this podcast apart I thought that would be quite fun. The
1: it's not a bad idea. We can put it on the friends to the shows bit.
2: Yeah. I I, I doubt yeah. that's going to happen.
1: Almost like a riff tracks sort of thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Just like a little, a listen along podcast.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Very meta. Yeah. It's a podcast yeah. within a podcast. <laughs> <Yeah. Bad-do-do-bad-do-bad-do-bad-do>. <laughs> <Bah>! <laughs> Very nice. Well, well, let's get a bit of context going and let's 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 crack on with the album. So the Bee Gees, this uh, was their 15th studio album, Spirits Having Flown, released in 1979. That blew me away. <laughs> <laughs> I think they'd had 15 albums Yeah, before they've been recording, what, since the 60s? Yeah, when they, funnily enough, I didn't realise, obviously, they're born in the Isle of Man, lived in Manchester, didn't start doing the Bee Gees till they moved to Australia. Yeah, boy. I think they were living in in Sydney. And they were effectively just a big Beatles ripoff. And that's that's how they got their you know, radio players. They'd send that their label would send out these right white label records, so they weren't marked or anything. And then people listened to it and kind of go, Oh, that's a new Beatles song, excellent, we'll put that on. Uh, but it wasn't. It wasn't the Beatles. It was the BGs. Gees. Uh, but people thought that, that was like a, a secret thing they were doing and BGs was Beatle Group. No, no. <laughs> It was
2: It's so clever really. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, could you get away with that these days? Uh I yeah. Mean, is that misrepresentation? Greta, Greta Van Fleet? Oh, right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's And others. Yeah. That's just sounding like another band. I don't know if they were pretending to be
2: mm.
1: indirectly. No,
2: okay, yeah, fair another. enough. Another fair enough, yep.
1: I mean, I don't know if you could get away with it these days. But they did. So good job on them. Good job on them. Mm. This was a really successful album for them. It was their first number one album in the UK in 10 years. I believe it went straight to number one in the US because, of course, it did. The first three tracks were all released as singles, which all went to number one in the US, Mm -hmm. which meant in a one-year period, they had six US number ones, uh, which I think, I don't know, Ed Sheeran's probably done it these days. But back then, the only other people who had done it were the Beatles, Elvis and I didn't write Down the other person there was another person But it's like they who the shall not be named album. And It was sort of their last big album before the, the last Hurrah before the death of disco Throughout the 80s particularly in America Which was sort of where their Audience predominantly was based They they weren't as big over here as they were over there You know strangely uh, mm. Normally it's the other way around No it
2: generally seems to be one or the other so again, speaking of midnight oil, we just released their their episode yesterday. They they have a huge following across Europe and America, but just not in the UK. Yeah, it seems it's to just be just us being
1: contrarian.
2: Oh yeah, totally. It's it's you guys being uptight, and that's that's why I attribute you not actually rating that album, Jake. I'm still hurt. I,
1: I didn't say I didn't like the album. I'm still I hurt. I just said I'm. I just thought there's... Every night when I go to sleep, my, I have uh,
2: Christmas timers here and on in the background. <laughs> or I'm crying in the shower like Tobias.
1: That's fair. <laughs> Chloe, you, you can probably give us a lot more about the the, the BG's history than I can, so, so I'll, I'll defer to you at this point.
3: Okay, I mean, you've given pretty comprehensive backstory for them. What I would say is I think that, particularly now, it's lost on a lot of people just how big they were i mean i saw a statistic that so in one at one point in 1978 they were responsible for writing and or performing nine of the songs in the billboard top 100 they were two percent of the recording industry in 1978 they were massive and you know it just kind of a lot of people think oh you know the bgs bitnaf your nan's favorite music but they were they were massive and Yes, Saturday Night Fever was a big part of that. Things like their vocal melodies, obviously incredible. And they were a huge influence for so many other artists. The one thing that really did annoy me in the movie, they seem in the documentary, they seem to just get a load of random people just to sit down and go, oh, yeah, I loved them. Justin Timberlake was on it quite a fair bit.
4: Wow.
1: Yeah. they went more R&B, you know, and yeah, in fact they went in this album, this album. They went... Yeah,
3: this was where they kind of what they really loved that R&B sound, that soul sound, you know, the spinners stuff like that. In this album they also used the horn section from Chicago, oh, which
4: is
2: fantastic. I've got a note. Yeah, I, have, I had a note on that. Yeah, yeah, the one was yep, yep, I do
3: have yep. to discuss though? The Sgt. Pepper film <laughs>
2: that they did.
3: Did you know That's... about this Stefan?
2: <laughs> I know I know roughly of it, yeah.
3: Oh, it's a doozy. Yeah. So it's...
1: Yeah, actually, it made more sense that they were kind of part of it after finding out a bit about how they got started by pretending to be the Beatles. And if you listen to some of those early stuff, it really, really does sound like the Beatles. Uh, It's uncanny. So I can see why they were chosen, why they chose to do it. But the film, yeah, the film is um, an experience that I've had in my life, partially. I, I, you're not saying you seen good or all bad. of it?
2: You're just you're just saying it, it is an experience. Yeah. I yeah.
1: like, uh, see I've not watched it all the way through. Clove, you've seen it all the way I through. I've watched
3: most of it. Peter Frampton is in it, and oh god, like Billy Preston plays a weather vane at one point that comes to life. Oh
0: god, yeah, that's Aeros- weird.
3: That was very strange. In the Aerosmith of the villains and Steve Martin sings Maxwell Hammer which on paper is like brilliant in perform you know
1: in practice yes. it's less so. yeah it's
3: very weird the only good bit is earth wind and fire are actually in it and they're really really good but i think that was a bit of it brought them down a couple of pegs i think after <laughs> Saturday night fever well
1: funny enough though it was while working on that that they wrote some of the best songs on this album
3: yeah
4: okay Some good uh,
1: which we i'll mention when we get to them Hmm. But uh yeah, so that gives us a nice bit of context. I've I've prepared a game show.
2: Oh. Alright.
1: A little game show segment. So we're gonna need yeah, yeah. the music going on and and things like that. I haven't prepared any sound effects. I'm sorry, Paul. I'll I'll get some sorted. I've got the theme um, for
2: the for the game show going.
1: Can we, go uh, we can't hear
4: no, it. No, you can't hear it,
1: I know. I can hear it though. We can't <laughs> hear it. Yeah. Um I I haven't got a catchy. <laughs> Oh, suppose, Chloe, you, when did yeah. we start doing that new theme? Chloe won't have heard it yet, will she? No, I don't, I don't think so. Think I it? think
2: that's when the lockdown came into effect and I got bored one day and I did like eight different themes. You, I've, I've got some that you haven't heard, Jake.
1: Oh, yeah. I look forward to it. Yeah, I, look forward yeah. to it. I've I haven't got recording. a catchy name with this one. Oh, okay. I don't have a catchy name. I don't have a fanny, funny theme like I did with Late of the Pier. So it's it's just a simple simple thing. There's six questions about Barry Robin and... Uh, I know it's Morris, but I'm going to call him Maurice, Maurice every time because yeah. Um, yeah. it's going to oh. piss someone off. <laughs> 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 yeah. Maurice. So, Barry, Robert and Maurice. So we're not playing for anyone this week. Uh, we're just doing it for shits and giggles because I enjoy doing them, you know. So there, there you go. So there's going to be two questions around barry robin and maurice each so six in total the winner gets my undying respect for all of 10 minutes okay so the loser just you can't see me people but i'm just shaking my head in disappointment It's i'm used to
3: that look so
1: yeah yeah it's it's a common look in our household goes goes both ways you know Uh, so question number one barry question which barry said this my hair was slicked down with a part, but that was before I discovered the blow dryer. Now I'm fabulous. Was it Barry Gibb or was it Barry Manilow? Barry Manilow.
3: Yeah, I think Manilow. You're
1: going straight in. Have you seen what Barry Gibb looked like before he had the blow dryer?
2: I, I have, but I was actually expecting it to be um, Barry White. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was the Barry I was expecting, yeah
1: nah i didn't think about barry why i I'm, mm-hmm. so you're both saying manilow yeah you're both right it was barry manilow Hey-o! well done you two question two is the robin question so robin was of course famously portrayed by Burt ward on the small screen how many times was bert ward married
2: did the dogs count i know he loves dogs at the moment
1: <laughs> No. Account.
3: really i don't
2: know um
1: Wait, how many are you saying come on time is money people
2: three i'm gonna go one i think trick trick question
1: <laughs> you're saying one clothes going free you're both wrong burt oh. ward has been married four times oh no Ooh. down to them four times what's this about a dog Oh, he he's, yeah, he runs
2: like um, charities for like.
1: That's no, less dark than I was expecting. Yeah, yeah, Good.
2: yeah. yeah. No, 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 he's like so, because he was recently in the the crossover, the the Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover, as as Dick Grayson, and he's walking oh, nice. Ace the Bat Hound, and he's on comic book men, and he basically uh, is like sheltering dogs, that sort of thing. Oh, nice. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, very nice. Okay, well... Um, I buried the lead so, uh, there. You're both, <laughs> you're both on one. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> question three, the Maurice question. Uh, Maurice was the younger of the two twins. Uh, you have obviously, Robin being... Him and Robin were twins, if you didn't know. By how many minutes was he younger?
3: I swear they say this in the documentary. I'm going to go with 15.
1: So I was going 15. Nine. <laughs> nine you're both well off well off mate in it uh 35 minutes oh Oh, god
2: crikey
1: so you're both only on one at the moment um (laughs) our second barry question okay you've you've both done all right with barry so far so here's hoping for a a better one what's barry's full name I'm going to be generous. I'm going to give. You, he's got two. I'm going to tell you. He's got two middle names. So I'm going to give you a point for each. Oh
3: God.
1: Um... I don't think Eve, if you're going to get it, you're no. definitely not. Uh, if, if you don't know. Middle
3: names, if that's you, you don't, don't know,
1: then you're definitely not going to get one of them. Yeah.
2: Barry White Menlo, Gibb.
1: <laughs> no. no, Chloe.
3: Barry Chuckle Harry. <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs> mm. uh, no, you're both wrong. It, his full name is Barry Allen Crompton Gibb.
2: Oh, wow. Straight, yeah.
1: Straight out of Crompton. <laughs> Straight I know. Out of
4: Crompton.
1: Crazy mother flipper named Barry. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. It's a true or false one. It's the Robin question. At 19 years old, Robin wanted to make a movie about a man with an underwear bomb called Family Tree. True or false? True. (laughs) Uh, Should have let Stefan go first. Yeah, I was going to say,
2: with the the gusto of that answer, I'm going to have to say true.
1: It's true. In the summer of 1969, in an interview with Fabulous, he proclaimed, I'm making my own film called Family Tree. It involves a man, John Family, whose grandfather was caught trying to blow up Trafalgar Square with a homemade bomb wrapped in his underwear.
3: Someone would have made that. Well, I
1: mean...
4: Well, back then yeah
1: definitely uh they didn't know so no no, no no um final question it's the maurice question in what year did maurice marry lulu
2: lulu from the velvet underground
1: no that's As nina lulu famed scottish singer sorry
2: yeah, yeah. no i'm getting famous
1: confused. for famous for being lulu yeah, yeah. and
2: dueting
3: would
1: take that. yeah but mostly for being lulu 67?
3: 67
1: 67 74 74 you're both wrong it was 1969 uh, so poor a poor day for bg's trivia um <laughs> and some burt ward trivia a poor day indeed you both got two chloe you could have won that is there if- is there not a tiebreaker? I, I, to be honest I didn't think that there'd be a tie I, I thought Chloe would have done better <laughs>
3: it Thanks. disappointed him as, as, per, null, as per
1: usual uh, yeah uh, bear with me um, I'm going to get a BG's fact up one of them was a pyromaniac as a boy which one and I'm going to narrow it down it wasn't Maurice I'm
3: going to go with Robin
2: do you know I was thinking Robin because of the exploding underpants <laughs> 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 only only a pyromaniac would be thinking about that, right? Yeah.
1: But in the interest right, okay, in yeah. the
2: interest of
1: No, no, I've got a different one. I can do okay. a different one. I've got more. <laughs> Were we'll so we both fine. right
2: then? Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was Robin. So the BG's album First was not their first album. What number album was it? Was it their was it their second, third, or fourth? Third. Second. It's their third! Hey!
0: Yay! Well, Good um, job,
1: Stephen. You get my undying respect. You have Kevin. chosen. Bowie. Disappointment. So much disappointment. All right. Should we crack on? Yeah. yeah. Normally at this point, we would listen to a superset, but we don't have the technology. We can't rebuild him. We can't do what we'd normally do. But you, dear listener, you will be able to hear the superset now. Excellent. So, who wants to start? Tragedy. Powerful opener, mm. I would say. Is it Maybe the greatest... too powerful of an opener. <laughs> Is it the greatest uh, opener of all time? Though? I don't know if it's the greatest opener of all time. It's, a, let's say, powerful opener. Perhaps too powerful for this album. I feel maybe they should have held it back for, you know, a bit of a mid-album sort of like, ooh!
2: Like, you know? The status side two um, or something.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Maybe something like that. But... Man, it's such a good opener.
3: I was going to say in my notes, I've literally just put dramatic like in mm. all caps.
1: All caps dramatic. Yeah. Um, this was one of the songs that they wrote while on a break one afternoon while making *Sergeant Pepper's film. As you do.
3: Mm. As you just do. Like, yeah, we
1: just bash out tragedy in an afternoon. <laughs> just bash it out. Yeah, we, yeah just, kind of, just like, oh, guys, I've spent the last 15 minutes working on a song. What do you think? It's like, oh, it's pretty, pretty good. with which one of them wrote it? I didn't check. Is uh, it a, was it a collaborative? Was it Barry, probably? I don't it think it was Barry. Robin.
2: Yeah. I think there's there's subtle yeah. stabs at Robin throughout the song.
1: Yeah. Well, Robin was keen to do his own thing. Yeah. He wanted to do the underpants thing, man. He had stuff to do. Yeah. Robin, I get you want to do stuff, but you've. you've... <laughs> no. No. You're the no, worst of the us.
2: Mate, I wanna do an underpants film, okay?
1: So he just yeah. wanted
3: to go and do his own thing and then yeah. like when you sit the their best album cover, I've gotta just say they had an album out called Cucumber Castle in the early seventies. And it is literally just Barry and Morris dressed as knights. And I'm like, Robin, you had a lucky escape on that one. You know, yeah. that's the one good thing about you wanting to go solo.
2: That's that's terrible. Yeah.
1: What a guy. Yeah. What a, guy. a
3: pretty
1: guy. And then boom, out of nowhere, Mark Linkus, choo-choo train. <laughs> He's just there, it's like, guys, I've got, I've got it. I know Don't. the direction you need to Don't. take. Robin, Don't. come with me. Come with me. <laughs> I spent twelve hours. <laughs> I've been working since nineteen seventy nine. <laughs> Twenty years. <laughs> That's right, baby. The yeah. bastard choo choo is back. <laughs> choo <Choo-choo>.
0: choo.
1: <laughs> I mean, why,
2: why does that still have such a hold on me? That that was months ago. We did that one.
1: Cause it's it's <sighs> true. It's just so good. All right, let's let's crack on with let's okay. seriousness now. So, pounds right. uh-huh. oh, okay. mm-hmm. for. Nominal. I love the guitar sound in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of the guitar sounds, even though they are quite cheesy in well, parts, yeah. or at least the way they sound is very... What's the word?
2: Well, I've I've said it's it's an incredible sounding, but it is completely of its time. You know, oh, very,
1: yeah, very, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's,
2: it could it's do its could do with a Gus Van Sant kind of styled remake, <laughs> note for note, but you know, just a little bit more updated with yeah, Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn only singing
1: it. Having said that, I kind of, I don't know if I'd want it to be like modern disco. I kind of quite like the way that it sounds just like it sounds like old disco. Mm. You know, it's like if I like I quite like listening to old funk records. I just like the way old funk records sound. They Whereas sound like you know a smoky stuff, studio. It, yeah, yeah, exactly. You get the vibe, you know, you get the feeling of of what it was like to be in these old funk bands from the sound. These days it's all very um clean, Crisp. I guess. Yeah. Crisp. I got to compress the bass. Yeah. I got to I, I got to
2: compress it. I, I don't know. Ah! Now, I don't want to I don't want to be that guy that's going on at them about their vocals because that's their thing. But guys, take the pegs off, please. You know, this song oh, would but... be so much better if it was sung down one octave.
1: Only one. thing is, though, I, I think once you once, uh, particularly at that time, once you kind of were known for doing a thing, mm. it, it was dangerous to deviate from doing that thing like alienating fans and especially when you had as many fans as they mm. had and were making the kind of money they were making mm. you know because at the end of the day that was they were a hit producing machine mm. and any deviation that might not cause you know that might cause sales to go down why take the risk
3: and it was the big thing that turned their career around there's a you know in the documentary there's this big focus on you know mom barry saying oh i discovered i could sing in falsetto and it kind of changed our career around and i'm like how do you you, you just discovered that like you haven't utilized but his lower register is lovely as well and it's on some songs later in the album but yeah it's when they're just singing harmony it's just i I get what you're saying
1: though Steph. yeah yeah I, i do get it absolutely it can be a little bit Grating, for yeah, for a full album of yeah, that's, that's what makes uh, the Saturday Night
2: Fever so so good is that it's broken up, you know, it's not just them and their, yeah, shrieking falsetto,
1: it is broken up. Chloe, have you got that as a note? That
2: there's a bit
3: in, um, there's a bit in another that's... song where I put something similar, but I did put on here three part harmony equals choir of angels. You know, it's like when you were saying about earlier stuff about how Saturday Night Fever, you know, different album, but it just kind of lifts your mood. Mm-hmm. I can't listen to the Bee Gees and not be uplifted. And I think that's got a lot to do with, with their vocal.
2: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's that kind of Beach Boys virtuosity where the Gibb brothers yeah. are just, they're unparalleled with their with their singing, their, their harmony singing. They are, you know, them, the Beach Boys, Lennon McCartney. It is incredible. Yeah.
1: What else have you got going on here? We've got these cool synth horn things going on in yeah. parts of it as well, like the yep. you know, stand-up.
2: Do said... you prefer
1: this one, or do you prefer the updated steps version of how those uh, Ooh, sound?
3: That is a very tough question you've asked me, Mr. Brown. You know I've got a soft spot for the
1: well, <laughs> I think for as well really it's, nostalgia. it's a it's a big nostalgia thing for us because uh, this this was the version that I I didn't realise it was a cover until I was quite a bit older. Mm. Mm. You know, um, I don't. I, I, I can't was, was, I was a
3: trend in the nineties. Like a lot of those groups did covers of like this kind of stuff. ABBA was just a thing that came bangles. around in the nineties.
2: Was it Atomic Kitten yeah. were doing uh, Eternal flame. flame? Yeah. Which I didn't know was a cover until very recently. Wow. Yeah,
1: I think I was older than I'd care to admit until I found that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, I've put the, the timbres in the song are great, but they're quite dated in terms of the synth horns. I've got a I've got a bit of a thing, clue against synth horns. Well, every, everybody they, yeah. started using them thinking, oh, this is great. I don't need to pay a horn section. You know, but the synth horns always come out sounding too thin to my ears. There's a cool arpeggiator in the background, but it does sound quite dated. Yeah. And the thunderclaps. Do we need to go into the thunderclaps?
1: I don't think so. I think it's, oh, if you want to go into them, you can. I think like I feel like you want to go
2: on. I, no, I don't. I don't necessarily want to go into them. I, maybe that was a bad choice of phrase. I was, but I was, you know, thinking more. <laughs> Could it get any more cheesy than the the repet- the repetition of the thunderclaps? You know, like yeah, we're, I think we're doing this lovely, always... awesome, upbeat kind of, um, and there is a bit of darkness in there. But then the thunderclaps just make it very dramatic all of a sudden. Is that is that just yeah? Me-
3: no, I agree. And the crashing, I've got to say, the crashing noise in there is old Barry made that himself, just at the mic, hands over his mouth, you
1: know,
3: imitating it. Gonna... A... Yeah. <laughs> Which I love.
2: <laughs> was he was he mocking Robin about his exploding underpants?
3: <laughs> you never let that go, Barry. You yeah. Never let it go. And Morris is in a corner, slumped on a chair.
2: Yeah, well, he was oh, he was Morris. quite
1: the drinker at this point, wasn't he?
3: He was. Yeah. yeah he was quite an alcoholic, and um, was this
1: um, before or after Andy had died? Andy died in
3: 1980. Um, Andy was so a just... younger brother who was kind of. He had a bit of a solo career at that point, you know, he was kind of like teen idol and he died of a cocaine overdose when he was 30. So, you know, and and a lot of people are like, oh, Barry's the only surviving Gib left. He's the only brother left, but they do have a sister who I feel is shafted quite a bit, you know.
2: Well, I didn't even know that there was an Andy until we did the research for this. And now you've just told me about the sisters. So, you know, yeah. Literally no idea. Well, I've put... Uh, and then Friends of the show, Jake, Genius.com, have state that the line... Old yeah I was I was listening to the Silverchair podcast the other day with our mate Daniel, and he started quoting Genius.com too. What a legend. <laughs> <laughs> they state What's that the he, line, he? with no one beside you, you're going nowhere, is a reference to Robin Gibb being desperate to form his solo career. But him being oh, nothing so without awesome. the <laughs> remainder of the Bee Gees. I say... The real tragedy is that only one BG remains. At least it's
1: Barry, though. Yeah. Had to be one of them. I'd rather it was Barry rather nah, than. Nah, I'd like
2: Maurice, like a real, real kind of weathered.
0: <laughs> I've
1: got you to say Maurice. Yeah, yes.
2: A real weathered, old kind of, you know, Dennis Wilson esque, drinking, <laughs> drinking his vodka out of the
1: orange juice carton. Yeah. Well, oh, he'd been clean for a long time when he died. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maurice. But he wouldn't be if all his Pretty brothers old. were dead, right?
3: You'd be like, I was in the Bee Gees once, kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure you were, old man.
1: Yeah. Spectacles. Chloe, you got much you want to want to add?
3: No, not really. I've just heard, you know, just it's an excellent. It's just an excellent song. It's one of one of their best. Mm-hmm. And yeah, bold
1: opener. Very bold opener. Only,
2: only thing to say is that there's too many choruses at the end. They repeat the chorus too much. But more on that, that later was- because yeah. we, I'll be talking about that a lot. Do you
1: think that was a, lot uh, repetition. a thing of like the disco thing, though? So it yeah. gives people a chance to be able to obviously be able to make it, in, uh, you know, kind of merge it into a different song or DJ them together. Or oh, I, part hadn't, of the I hadn't it thought was about sick, that.
2: Oh. I, I, Yeah, I hadn't thought of it that way in terms of the actual DJ side of things. I was thinking it just gives people a little bit longer to
1: dance. Mm.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, people more yeah more time to dance. Mm. Also, the fact it was a single, it gives them it's an easy way to cut time off for a single. It's just like, well, we've got all these choruses, so we can just mm. chop them up and do what we need to do, or start the fades sooner. That sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, actually, funny you mentioned that. That's something I've noticed. A lot of fade outs. Well, yeah, songs that's the really only way they know how to event. finish a
2: song, right? They they repeat the chorus, <laughs> loop the chorus, and fade.
1: I mean, it it works, right? Too much heaven. No segue, I'm sorry. I'm no, I'm letting you down, Stefan, but too much heaven. So a quick bit of background. This Took been a long time to record this because there are nine layers of three-part harmonies.
0: Much no it's much to come, I'm in line.
1: Creating a grand total of 27 vocal lines going on. And guess which one sticks out the most? That's right. It's Barry's falsetto. Uh,
2: <laughs>
0: just <laughs> love him. It Have is. you heard the story about um, Barry
1: holding the mixer down
2: at gunpoint, making sure that he is the one that's heard?
0: Sounds uh, about right. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
4: That's total,
2: lion man. total fiction. I just made that up, but I actually believe now that it did happen.
1: I could see that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Hairy guy, yeah. gun. Looks <laughs> Looks kind of like a lion. Yeah. No. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. You pulled yeah. out. Yeah. Make um, sure you, make sure one of you turn up
2: my, my explosion sound as well. I wanna wanna piss off my brother a bit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this was also one of two songs to feature the Chicago horn section.
2: Chicago On transit Real
1: Authority, horns. CTA baby CTA can't think of what CTS stands for but they make pots for guitars volume pots and things Chicago telephone service something like that no it's the Chicago um,
2: transit authority
1: no that's CTA no I'm thinking about I'm talking about the guys who make the potentiometers that people use for guitars CTS okay well, we're talking about unrelated things. Well, at least you know. one of us is on. Um,
2: no, Chicago was founded as CTA, man.
1: No, they weren't. Yeah, they were. Look it up.
2: Uh, yeah, I have. Fun fact. Yeah, I've looked it up. Yeah, I've watched a documentary you know. on it. So you know, boom, boomtown, yeah. baby.
1: Boom. They started out as a pizza company, <laughs> Chicago Town Pizzas. <laughs> they made really shit microwavable deep dish pizzas
2: before there was such thing as a microwave.
1: <laughs> yeah Well, no no I think that would have been about the time the microwave was coming out right
2: yeah probably the
1: microwave was like a 60s thing wasn't it, it might have I been I feel like in it
2: the
1: was 50s yeah oh, actually on that note right so as we all know Chicago <laughs> oh, deep oh, here dish here pizza go. is supposed to go cheese then sauce right right
2: it's
4: in, in some unnatural
1: abomination but Chicago deep dish pizzas that you buy that are frozen have the cheese on top but, so not only are they shit pizzas they're shit Chicago pizzas because they've got it backwards
2: they're not actually like deep Don't, dish either, really, are
1: they? No, no, not really. No. Not really. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's deep for a mini pizza. Mm. We've lost a sponsor
3: now.
1: Proudly sponsored by Chicago Deep Dish, Chicago <laughs> Town, Deep Dish Pizzas.
2: They're great when you're, uh, when you're coming back in from a night out. They're Very great true. when you're like
1: six years old. Yeah, yeah. But... Can't be bothered Good to give your kid a proper dinner. <laughs> Chicago Town Pizza's got you sorted, baby. Do you want to invest in child abuse?
2: Chicago Actually,
1: I think that's part of the reason I hated them as a kid as well. It was like you'd bite into them and it was like molten sauce. It was like a million degrees. It's so hot.
3: Very being patient.
1: So, yeah. Uh, but Hotter than I the sun. I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. How long did you put it in for? <laughs>
4: Oh, we need um, we need to get a clip
2: there, uh, Paul, of, of Alan Partridge biting into the apple turnover. <laughs>
1: <laughs> ah, you're all right, you? <laughs> 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 oh, I How
0: long
1: did you put this in, Paul, then? Eight
3: minutes.
1: It's hotter than the sun. <laughs> <laughs> OK,
2: Alan, I'm going to go... <laughs> just, the, just the sound where he's like...
0: Oh! <laughs>
1: So back to the song. Yeah. A bit more behind the scenes stuff. So it turns out that the Bee Gees were pretty cool guys. And they actually gave all of the publishing royalties to UNICEF for this particular song. Hmm. Now, back in the day, uh, the publishing royalties for this came to $7 million, which if you put that through the inflation calculators, $25 million, this song made in, in royalties, publishing royalties. Wow. And that all went to charity. So good job. Bee Gees. Yeah. yeah. You know, top, top guys. Not you, Robin.
2: Keep those underpants on, cheek.
1: mister. <laughs> yeah. He wants to do a KLF and burn it all, but they were yeah. like, "No, Robin." <laughs>
2: <laughs> I like the fact that Robin's like he's the he's the the odd one out. He's the troubled one. The rebel.
1: I uh, I don't know if I'd call him a rebel. I mean, that's maybe giving him a little bit too uh but
3: as far as beachy much... go, yeah, yeah. Rebellious. Barry's yeah, yeah. been with the Saints yeah. since what the early 60s i didn't know that yeah i think the i think the most controversial thing i've read about barry gibb in my research is recently it came out that he might have um, had sex with his wife in the tardis on this you know when they were performing on top of the pops one year so you know if that's the worst thing that you can do
2: i don't know he
1: did kill his, that boy as well yeah, his glass to reset <laughs> oh,
2: his set was all right
3: Glastonbury set was great. You could feel like how emotional he was during it, which was really lovely.
2: Yep, I'm not really one for the but, legacies on Glastonbury. Yeah.
1: Mm-mm. No,
3: you see, it's my favorite. My favorite bit, the, le- the legend slot of Glastonbury. It's uh, yeah.
1: I mean, didn't they have Dolly Parton under Legends yep. of Glastonbury? Yep. I mean, that'd be amazing. I'd go see Dolly.
2: I don't know if I would. I would. She would. is an
1: amazing,
2: amazing woman. Like we, we, we as the planet. Just do not deserve her, wherever she's come from, because she's she's definitely not human. She's way too good to be human. <laughs> she is know? an angel. Yeah, like she, she is. is like- she's way too precious. But oh, on uh, that note, yeah. have you
1: seen the Christmas film she was? She did the recent one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where she oh, saved God. the kid. The kid nearly got run over, right? Where well, she's literally an angel, like a guardian angel.
2: Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's like a Hallmark movie. Oh, okay. It's glorious. It is, uh she play like?
2: Didn't she play an angel before? Like? many yes. many years ago yeah probably all
1: right yeah. wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me but back to what's this one uh too much, heaven. <laughs> too too much, much heaven. heaven speaking of angels i was about to say i was about to say just like heaven but yeah. um I was like no that's that's the wrong band yeah uh <laughs> too much heaven very like we were saying earlier very r&b very r&b
2: we need. Um, uh, we need the. It's well. It's a slow, slow dance song,
1: right? According to uh, to my sources on WhoSampled dot oh, was used by Snoop Dogg.
0: Yeah,
2: on the Did you those girls Same songs? source. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was thinking. <laughs> yes. I know the song from somewhere. I didn't know it as the Snoop yeah. Dogg song, but uh, it it sounds like a kind of late nineties, early noughties R and B backing track.
1: I haven't really got a lot to to say about this one. Obviously, yeah, it's very R and B. There's so much harmony going on so many yeah. vocals yeah, yeah.
2: and um, that saves this song for me
0: it's as as
2: it really really makes yeah I can song. see that yeah I've, I've got a note the, the, saying the, the that the falsetto is much easier to palette when it's combined with the lower voices so when the falsetto is a part of the harmony stack you can actually you can palette that and kind of go oh yeah that's that's okay when it's just the falsetto by itself it's a bit too much
1: mm. yeah that's fair uh, and to me it kind of feels like the the backing music is sort of just incidental isn't it it is just a, mm. a vehicle for them to be crazy good at singing basically yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: i just think i really like this one and it's one that i've the more i've listened to the album i found myself listening to this one more and more i really really enjoy it i think it's a beautiful song and you've already said all the bits about unicef and everything which again is fantastic but i it's a lovely song i really enjoy it and ap- apparently it was barry's it's one of his favorite songs he's ever written
1: cool.
3: so you yeah. know again testament to i good imagine
1: as well it must have been very fun to do like it's if i don't if anyone's ever Done layered vocals before And trying to harmonise with yourself mm. It is quite fun mm. like, Trying to see what works, what doesn't work mm. And just kind of going for it And then when it all comes together And it sounds that good That must be like You know, a proud moment
2: Yeah Oh, absolutely You know, the, um, the, univer- um, un- the UNICEF stuff Is all like a sham though, right? Sorry? The UNICEF stuff, that's all money laundering the, the bgs had some some sort of operation going on they did that just just to just to like keeping everybody's good books whilst they're doing all the bad things
1: no uh, that, that was their in with jimmy carter oh there you go you yes know, see. it was actually yeah, yeah. it legitimately was there <laughs> in with jimmy carter right
3: they gave him a they gave him a like a jacket like a, a tour jacket jacket tour jacket and he was like i don't really know who these guys are my but my
1: daughter loves you, him. so... Uh... Yeah, my
3: daughter likes you, so that's fine. And Jimmy was the fun president. Was he? Was he? <laughs> was he? Oh, no. Thought, was Yay.
1: he? <laughs> I thought that was Bill. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Saxophone Bill. <laughs> that was Sax Bill. Yeah. Lovely. Sex Bill. Yeah. right Bill. Well, well, sexy Sax Bill. Yeah. It's like the... um. There must be... Someone must have mashed up that and the Gandalf Sax music meme of like bill playing the sax instead
2: have you seen the uh sasquatch yes yeah the guy, yes, yeah, guy I have. dressed yeah, up yeah, yeah, as yeah. sasquatch yeah love it all i'll say Classic. about too much heaven jake is it's another song that features a repeated chorus serving as the outro and repeated chorus fade
1: yeah once again i think that was maybe so- once again something to do with the fact it was a single when you could shorten it or well, stop trying to stop
2: thing. trying to cut it out i've got a lot of these notes and these are my notes
1: I mean how would you end it though? That's the next question. Dead stop.
2: Yeah. Just dead stop.
1: (laughs) Mid mid phrase. Mid syllable. (laughs) Fair
4: enough.
1: Yeah. Well, moving swiftly on, mm. love you inside out. Uh, I don't have a lot of notes for this one. Groovy, Mostly, baby. Um, well, I was listening to it this morning, groove, but really similar to fame, David Ooh, Bowie. Okay. Like the way the guitar and the bass play together is, like, if you if you play it to yourself quickly. I'm, I'm listening to it now uh, and absolutely there's bits where I could just go.
0: That was a pretty good David Bowie.
1: Paul, can we get that cut so I can have that as a sting? <laughs> it's like the ghost of
4: Bowie.
3: <laughs> <laughs> You'll be haunted by three of my alter egos this evening.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> the Jareth of Christmas past.
1: <coughs> What was it? Which which Bowie's was it that visited him?
3: Oh, um, in Concords.
1: Yeah, I thought I thought that's what you were going for.
3: No, I was just getting elaborate reference in there, but yeah, he could also wear the funky, funky eye patch.
1: <laughs>
2: There's ashes to ashes, but David Bowie.
3: Oh, yeah. yeah. He's going to a party. Mm.
1: Yeah, so groovy, very David Bowie. Snoop sampled this one again. Ups and downs. Um, that was the song, yeah, ups yep. and downs. It's just groovy. It's just good to have on while you're
2: yeah, pre-chorus has yeah. got it's some dreamy seventh chord action, and
0: forever...
2: which is nice. I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, middle eight is really interesting guitar riffs oh, yeah. and Mid-late chromatic really runs,
1: cool. which I think is a very disco thing, isn't it? Or at least it is on the bass to have that doo doo. You know the. The octave chromatic runs.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Which I think is what they do in this one.
3: Again, really like this song. It is probably one of my favourite BG song. And I just definitely like the fact it's more funky in the intro. You'll have to forgive me, I'm not musically talented, I just know a lot about music, but it's the bit where he's singing underneath the synth and he's like, da 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 da, which I really, really like. And I just like the fact that about halfway through, it kind of, it almost feels like it's confrontation. And it's the bit about, you know, don't try and tell me that it's over and it just seems to be getting like more and more dramatic and the vocals are building up and the drums are building up. I love this one and Feist does an amazing cover of this. Oh, okay which i i thought that she originally wrote the song and i and when i heard the when i heard this i was like oh my god it's a cover but she does it in it's a bit more low-key way she does it but equally fantastic so yeah i definitely recommend
2: are the bgs capable of low-key i don't i don't feel like (laughs) they they're capable of doing anything (laughs) low-key it's all got to be like highly orchestrated yeah.
3: Yeah, we need like, you know, all huge of the horns, production values. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah,
2: I think it's a great song. The only only other note then I've got Jake is that we've got a chorus fade out again, but it's not as <coughs> gratuitous as the others. Um, but I am definitely <laughs> sensing a theme. Yeah.
1: That was their thing for this whole album. Yep. One line
3: review.
1: They're, but you know, there, is,
2: there is, I think one or two that don't have the chorus fade. So stay tuned.
1: Do they? Do they have a different fade? Yes. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't still don't no. Don't diff- ruin the surprise. It's just like we can't just. It does make you wonder? It's like when they were recording it. How did they end it? Because they, they had to stop at some point, right? <laughs>
2: They're for hours. That's that's a live fade, okay. Jake. Yeah, well, doing or are they that. still doing it now? They're doing it in... <laughs> <laughs> somewhere so out planning. there. Yeah. yeah, they're not actually There's dead. Like... They're still going. Barry's just got them locked up in the studio playing.
1: <laughs> well, he's got like it's like the prestige. He's got loads of clones of them, and those oh clones God. are all doing of water, the different fade-outs like for drowned. each different song. <laughs>
3: Does he still control them with a series of whistles and claps? Whistles
1: and clicks and yeah. claps, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um,
3: I must direct everyone to the late 90s, early 2000s sketch show, Rock Profile, with Matt Lucas and David David Ryan. Now,
1: that does have some questionable depictions. That of does.
3: However, they do a very good Bee Gees one where, for some reason, Barry has got a lion's tail. and Because he looks like a lion. Robin, yeah, he's... he's got like lion face paint and a tail but he will only let morris and robin speak when he claps or clicks certain amount of times it's very
4: strange
2: i kind of i kind of get the feeling though and i, I don't know them i don't never met them but i get the feeling that barry is like the ringleader he he is oh, the yeah, one running the show so. yeah, yeah it's
1: a bit of a bit of a stupid reason to be in charge though well i'm the oldest i'm so, the oldest um... so <laughs> yeah. I- I'm the Barry of my family. I've got two younger siblings, you
3: know. they. You wish you were the Barry. <laughs> no, Lee is the Barry. I'm the Robin.
2: <laughs> I don't want to know about your exploding underpants, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, no. That financing, if I'm gonna make if that we've learned anything today about the Bee Gees is exploding underpants. That's mm. <laughs> that's all you need to take away from this episode.
1: Yeah. Should we just, actually? Should we just cut it here? Call it a day. Th- um, Robin think wants so. to talk about exploding underpants by their entire discography. Yeah, okay,
4: yeah,
1: uh, doesn't matter if it's any good, really. No. We've got to support a. Ma- the, premise well. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the premise is good. Yeah, yeah, premise is good. All right. Well, reaching out to reaching out. Oh. Another
2: that was rubbish. Slow jam.
1: Jam. Another slow jam. Yeah. I get the impression I'm going to, we'll get this out of the way now, uh, repeating chorus at the end. Uh, (laughs) We've spoken about key changes before. Oh, yeah. And boy, does this one have a key change. (laughs) Um,
2: (laughs) Yeah. My, My notes were, just when you think it couldn't go any further, ellipsis, key change. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. mm. it's really weird so i kind of found it quite hard to zone in on specific things throughout this album it's, it's a really nice album but i just actually listening to specific stuff of it i found quite difficult because i'd quite often find i'd start doing something else mm. and just have it on in the background to be like oh the mm. album's finished shit i put <laughs> that on again um so my notes are quite sparse i'm afraid but there are some fantastic whales in this i think <laughs> there's like like a proper um he means it like a proper whitney style thing mm, mm. I, I think whitney was probably listen listened to some bees like, oh god i need to up my game
3: funnily enough i was re- funnily enough speaking of like you know big vocalists like when he- beyonce is a massive Bee Gees fan apparently
1: i can believe it yeah
3: they Absolutely. did a cover of emotions which again didn't realize it was a cover until much later but that's a bg song and when when Robin died, she like made like a public statement about it and stuff. So, wow. yeah, there we go. But I did put Robin's it exploding beautiful.
2: underpants.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but I did put it was beautiful but boring. This one, <laughs> all surface, no feeling. Yeah, this
1: is, yeah. This is one that you
3: yeah. It's a weak one.
1: Yeah, they're reaching
2: a little bit on this one.
1: Yeah, I'll give you that. Mm. It's a little bit. It's just sort of there, isn't it? Mm. It's yeah. technically very proficient, but just it's just standard standard background R and B stuff, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. We'll move swiftly on then to the title track of the album Spirits Having Flown. This reminds me of, you know, mostly just because of the beginning, but you know the Sasquatch bit of the Tenacious D movie Pick of Destiny. <laughs> 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 All, like tripping out on mushrooms this just reminds me of that what the, the actual uh, song
2: like as in the yeah. song that he sings when he's riding the sasquatch yeah a bit yeah yeah okay uh, that was like the best bit of the film though
1: oh i don't know master Expl- like, like, there were loads of good songs in it kick-a-poo. Like Ma- kickapoo master exploder battle with the devil at the end that was pretty cool yeah. i mean the best song from that soundtrack wasn't even in the film the metal true
2: Did you see Jack Black uh, auditioning for Thor
1: the other day? Yes, yes, I did. (laughs) Oh, my God, that was... I didn't know I needed that in my life.
3: I need to see
2: this. Uh, Just imagine Jack Black being Jack Black, but he's got a Thor helmet on. Uh, Yeah,
1: yeah. Thor helmet and Kate and a hammer. Crikey. Fair enough. Mm. Chloe, what what have you got to say about spirits having flown? I
3: put this way, there's definitely more you've got kind of like almost like a soft rock kind of vibe going on. It's a bit more of the kind of stuff that I would usually listen to. You know, I can imagine maybe it being on an Eagles album. And yeah, I just think it's, it's I would have been interested to see if they'd gone more in that direction in, like, subsequent albums, and they didn't. They went in a terrible 80s direction, but never mind.
1: <laughs> yeah, the 80s did that to a lot of acts.
3: <laughs> yeah, but, like, that. Oh, I watched one of their music videos, and I think it might have been for something they did with Celine Dion, and, like, Robin's hair is just, I mean, in the 70s, he had beautiful, like, long, flowing hair, as they all did, but he kind of, yeah, he made some...
1: I wouldn't call Maurice's hair long and flowing and beautiful.
3: Oh, Robin!
1: <laughs> you said as they all did.
3: Okay, yeah, fair point. Um, as two of them
1: did. <laughs> two of
3: them did. Poor Maurice. yeah, I really, I love the...
1: Maurice uh, <laughs> looked about 10 years, 15 years older than the other two. I didn't know they were
3: twins until I saw that documentary. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what? You're telling me they're the same age? Yeah, and I just, I, I love the flute on this one as well. And it's just more of that kind of Oh, yeah, well, at
1: the funny. end. Yeah. Then, yeah. Um,
3: I can't remember what the name of the guy I was, but apparently he was quite a famous.
1: From
2: Burgundy. Yeah. Oh, damn it. You beat me to it.
1: <laughs> yeah. A little bit of jazz flute. He's, more he's not at all prepared. He's <laughs> not at all prepared
3: at all. Yeah, so some very good jazz flute on there.
2: Mm. I've got, they they kicked the disco to the curb here in favour of a kind of bossa nova beat and some folky guitars. Mm. Is there a brass melody happening? A bit of a brass band?
3: I think so. I think yeah. we've got some some brass on
2: there. The flute solo, obviously, I've got a mention of that. And surprise, surprise, not a faded chorus. <laughs> but instead, it's a slow fade on the riff at the end.
3: Yeah.
2: Beautiful.
1: you mm. no, got to keep it fresh sometimes, haven't you?
2: Yes. Well, what that's track number five. Five. And we're only just keeping it fresh now.
1: I'm just keeping it. What would have been brilliant is if it had faded back in to then fade out on a chorus. Yes, <laughs>
3: the ultimate surprise.
2: <laughs> that would have been. Or good, even yeah. like a
1: reprise later in the album. <laughs> <laughs> reprise, reprise. I can't yeah. speak. A reprise later yeah. on, it's just be like, boots come back in a chorus and then fade out. Oh, <laughs> like, like
3: um, like that later. Oasis album with "Around the World" on and it goes on for 10 minutes and you think it's over and then the last track of the album is around the world right? yes
1: like, yes
3: you're like, fuck no
1: <laughs> that was the um the, was that the third album to be here yeah. now wow. it just took too many drugs
3: be here now that's it it's oh. fucking terrible
1: that somewhat spoils next week's episode of sound <laughs> purchase be here now <laughs> um but yeah yeah in fact paul if you could kind of fade out each of our kind of chats about each episode, uh, each song rather, to be in keeping with the BG's theme. You know what else is a good idea? Ripping off the Commodores. It's search and find.
2: Oh. House. Oh, she's a brick house. She's night and night cat. Just
0: letting it all hang out. Oh, she's a brick. Search. Find. No stone unturned. No hell of going. Don't stop my love. and all this for
3: Such
1: a rip off. It's I just brick house. <laughs> it's, it's so blatantly just Brickhouse.
3: I was sitting there listening to it, wasn't I, Jake? And I was like, this sounds really familiar. What we were it both like? like? Yeah, we were both like... Ba, ba, brick. Brickhouse.
2: House. This is like my favourite um, song on the
1: album as well.
3: It should have been a single. I think this would have been really popular. Yeah, I'm surprised popular. it
1: wasn't. I'm really it's surprised. It's so catchy. It oh, yeah, because they just ripped off Brickhouse, which is like... <laughs> One of the Commodore's best songs. So I don't Whoa. care what you say. Whoa. Fight me. Whoa. Don't forget Easy. Oh, yeah. Easy was good. I didn't say yeah, it was their best. Out. I didn't say the best. I said one of the best.
2: Yeah. I'm just saying. Just saying.
1: You better watch it. I think I prefer this to Easy. I think I prefer Brick House to Easy.
2: Out yeah. of here
1: now. No. Okay. But do I prefer Search Find to Brick House? That's the question. And the question, and the answer is I suppose they're different enough that I, I'm not going to, to answer it.
2: Yeah, well, so the groove is um, back, though, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. In a big way. There's some really cool guitar yeah. lines happening. The, road ahead,
2: into dream we today. the chorus seems to have quite a bit of bite to it, which I'm liking. The bass break after the chorus is awesome. then we return the repeated chorus
1: fate. <laughs> <laughs> i i really love the horns as well mm. yeah that, the, that horn line is really like so upbeat
3: This is so catchy. It's yeah. so catchy Yeah. and I've been listening to it this morning and it's just, it could have been a really, really big hit for them. I know that obviously Tragedy came off this album and the others, but this should have been a single. What you're saying while. is if they'd
1: released this as well, they could have had seven number ones mm-hmm. in the 12-month period.
3: They could and they chose not to. They're afraid of their own
2: power.
1: I was going to say, it's like flying too close to the sun. Yeah, exactly. We all know what happens when you fly too close to the sun. You die of asphyxiation because you can't breathe in space. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, the lack of pressure would kill you first? Yeah. Come on, Kohei.
2: Of... You got what you I want. Guess the lack of... Give these people their air. Give these people
1: their air. <laughs> Total Recall. We need yeah. to watch it. Oh, it's so good. Did we drink along, did we drink along to Total Recall? We Was that done. one of the
2: ones we missed? No, we definitely did that one.
1: I don't know if we did. Junior's on Disney Plus, I think. Is
3: it? Very underrated.
1: Was it Junior or was it Twins? It's
3: No, junior, Junior's on Amazon.
1: Oh, Junior's Joe on Amazon. Seen
3: yeah. it, and it's really underrated. It's it's a terrifying prospect.
1: Yes, yes, it is. Not <laughs> not not like Twins.
2: No, they're trying to make a triplets as well.
3: Ugh, <laughs> well, why?
1: With who? Who would be the third?
2: Eddie Murphy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Our thing at the moment is recasting every single member of the MCU with Don Cheadle.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. do you know? Someone
4: th-
3: drops out of the MCU, get him in. Twins,
1: Twins is, the, uh, is the most
2: profitable movie that Arnold ever made. Wow. Really? Yeah. It's his I highest thought, grossing I mean, film.
1: I know it was one of the comedies. I thought it was like um, Jingle All The Way.
2: Mm-hmm. There you go. Or Brother, um, I think what? that was the movie he made, he made the most money on.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah. Did he produce it? I think so. Right, oh, yeah. It's probably mm. wider. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they made the contract, uh,
2: him and Danny DeVito on a napkin, pretty much. <laughs> yep. <laughs>
1: Let's talk about the next song, Stop, Think Again.
0: Roads, where we're going,
1: we don't need roads. So, yes, roads. Roads, yes, uh, that's an an instrument used in this song. There's a sax solo. Mm. Right, uh, moving swiftly on. Hold on,
2: I've put down in my notes, sax solo exclamation mark. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, not all caps. No. Not bold, underline. No, no, no. Let's not be crazy. It's another slow jam, isn't it? I don't know. Is it jazz? It's, it's certainly smooth. I was going to say it's just smooth. But I wouldn't call it jazz or yacht smooth. It's just.
3: Oh, it's definitely not yacht smooth. It's quite
1: it? smooth. It's like a pebble that's been slowly eroded by a river over the last ten thousand years until it's perfectly smooth. And then but in. even that is less smooth than yacht you'd then need to lubricate it with like some butter and Teeth then throw oil. it down a slip and slide and then it'd be close and then
3: Michael McDonald rises from the sea
1: what? this is an instance where I think the falsetto wailing thing works with the sax I think mm. the, it's mm. kind of quite cool
2: and then it's got really interesting horns in the middle as well with um, really kind of interesting harmonies I don't yep. actually, I don't don't have a note on here how this how this song fades or ends, but this song think, was sampled by... I think by... it fades out on the sax. Oh, okay. This was sampled yeah.
1: by our boy Fiddy,
2: Fiddy Cent, <laughs> on his song Vote Fiddy for President. Really?
1: Mm. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, there you go. Um, i just checked, it does fade out love. on the sax. There
2: we go. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I'm all right with that. It's not a, like, gratuitous Chorus fade. I'm all right with that.
1: together i somehow seem to have completely missed off my, uh, my notes it okay. just skips straight from stop think to i'm satisfied well, maybe you are you guys talk about this i'm going to listen to it quickly
3: okay fair enough so living together i i really like the contrast because you've got he goes from the full setup and then he actually goes down to quite a low register and i quite enjoyed that yep the, you know the lyrics are a bit boring after a while i gotta admit it's a simple lyric
2: yeah, I mean, I've got to be honest. I'm not listening to the Bee Gees for the lyrical depth most of the time. Oh, Apart yeah, no, exactly. from when they're when the, they're like chucking in a really uh, in a really good barbit Robin, I'm I'm all for that.
1: It sounds like Will Smith would have taken the music from this and sped it up <laughs> to make something. Like, listen to that guitar. Parents. Yeah, I've
2: You're I've content. put excellent guitar work, especially the descending line after the chorus.
1: Yeah. Oh, I can definitely see Will Smith doing something with the music on this.
2: It's a, it's a groovy, groovy tune. Key change with just bass and drums, which is a really cool textural move.
0: Pawns. Yes.
2: Yeah. I like the vocal sequence going around each of the singers. And then yep. of course chorus fade
3: again this could have very easily been a single and it would have been fantastic and i think people would have really really enjoyed it mm. and i just got to say looking at the album artwork as well i have to just appreciate the album artwork just like barry looks great morris is just hanging around in the back like how. <sighs> hey.
1: Funny enough they've even used the fade on the album artwork where the red fades <laughs> into the They have actually. Yes,
3: I direct your attention to the album artwork.
1: <laughs> Look at that. Yeah.
3: And in the documentary they had a plane with that with like their logo on and that kind of colour scheme, so you know. Well, wow. impressive.
1: Yeah. Well, I got yeah. nothing I got nothing more to add on that one.
3: No, I haven't got anything else to add either on that one.
1: Well, I I wrote no notes, so I'm gonna stick with Will Smith. Sample <laughs> it, speed it up a little bit. It could be your next get jiggy with it or something.
3: Did you a comeback?
1: Is he? Is he oh, no,
3: you know I've got a soft spot for You know, he
1: he, he stopped being any good in my eyes as soon as he stopped writing the the music for the films he was in. Um, that needs to be a thing you know, again. Hancock would have been much better if Will Smith had done the theme song for it, wouldn't it? You know? Yes. Well, I wouldn't go as far as say would much have done better where they went to
2: Earth. It would be a little bit better, yeah.
1: Yeah, that that one where that rubbish one that he was in with Jaden Smith, where they they went to Earth and oh, the uh, Earth. Pursuit of Happiness after Earth. <laughs> <laughs> if he'd done the music for Pursuit of Happiness.
3: <laughs> oh God.
1: Or if he'd done a theme song for Ali. Oh
3: yeah. <laughs> you know.
2: Oh yeah.
1: Would have elevated them up to um, you know a much higher place. Mm. I Am Legend would have been ten times better. <laughs> with like a will smith really
3: upbeat like
1: yeah 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 absolutely
3: yeah get
1: cisco on there
3: to do a little bit of cisco west
1: nobody needs cisco in their life falco
3: now you're talking
1: i mean sure falco's been dead for i want to say did he die in the early 2000s late 90s it was the late nineties, eighties. When the fuck Probably. did Falco die? Stefan, any guesses? When did Falco die?
2: I have no idea who
1: you're talking about.
3: Rock me Amadeus. Falco died in
1: 1998. Yeah, Rock me Amadeus. You know Rock me Amadeus. Amadeus, Amadeus.
3: Basically, Doctor Zayus.
1: Yeah. Okay. Nope. Okay. Nope. Okay. Corolla might know who he is. Maybe. Ask her about Falco. All right. He he was Austrian, so. Okay. Therefore, Carola will know who he is. Because yeah. that's how
2: it works, right? <laughs> probably. Probably.
1: So, I'm satisfied. Now that I know when Falco died. It um, too.
3: <laughs> it's how the song goes.
1: <laughs> What's the word I'm looking for for this one? Very... 90s hip-hop? Yeah, yeah. I think you're probably right with that one. Mm. It's... I don't really have words for it. It's very much kind of like, eh? Mm. Mm. Yeah. It
3: does have the most passionate falsetto on the whole album I've written on here.
1: Not necessarily I'll a good thing. Yeah. Yeah.
3: We like some passionate screeching which oh. she does
1: very well. Supernatural rasping.
3: Supernatural
1: rasping. There you go. For anyone who's ever seen The Mummy with the subtitles turned on, that's at least an <laughs> egg for you there.
2: <laughs> what, the Brendan Fraser <laughs> one? Of
3: course.
1: Yeah, 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 of course. We don't... Is there any other? Yeah, Tom Cruise.
3: Yeah. We don't talk about that, Stefan. Don't we Sally. don't talk about
1: that. We don't talk about The Mummy Free with Jet Li. Or The Scorpion Kings. Scorpion Kings, fine. We'll talk about Scorpion King. That's fine. But I yeah, didn't OG, mind the Tom Brendan Cruise Fraser, one. Like
2: it had my main man, Russ, in it.
1: Yeah, but Russ has probably been in more bad films than he's been in good.
2: Yeah. Watch it. Okay, just just watch your mouth.
1: Shall we do one of his albums? Do you want to do a Russell Crowe album?
2: What, 30-odd foot of grunt?
1: Yeah. You're
3: going to do the Lady Miss soundtrack,
2: or what? Oh, oh, maybe not.
1: No. Yeah.
2: Although no. that has got my other my other main man, Hugh Jackman on it. I do. Ugh. Ugh. You don't like Hugh Jackman. Ugh.
3: I think I'm the only person in the Western world that hates the greatest showman.
2: Oh, I've never and, seen it and couldn't care. Couldn't it care him
3: For life for me, I, I used to love him. He's gonna but oh, that and the fact that he's going to be on the in the music man on Broadway. It's just the shittest of the shit musicals.
1: Instead of Jake Gyllenhaal, for anyone who's not seen the sack bunch sack lunch bunch. Yeah, John
3: Mullaney and the Sack Punch Bunch. Yeah. Mr. The music. Stephanie's
2: looking more scarce. I'm Check just wondering out. how. Jake Gyllenhaal, can... Mr. Music. I'm just wondering how you can turn down the guy that was in Swordfish. Oh, oh, John Travolta. I was John born Travolta. Born about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like Swordfish. I <laughs> thought it was great. And then I've, I've been reading recently that it was a bad, bad film. I was thinking, oh.
1: Yeah, but when did you see it? Yeah. Like, if you saw it when it came out, you'd have been very young. Did
3: that come out like 2002?
2: Might have been 2000. It's probably around the same time as The Matrix. Okay. And they had that scene where, like, the bomb explodes and all the ball bearings are, like, caught in the air and the camera's zooming around, Matrix style. I liked it. I thought it was so, right.
1: Yeah. I probably haven't seen it since since it came out. or well, just after it, a few years after it came out, probably. Mm. Well, speaking of oh, yeah, John, Shavalti, John Travolta, they're also a...
2: making um, Face Off. They're doing a remake of Face Off. How Why?
3: Infection. Mm. I mean, unless
1: they're getting Nicolas Cage and John Travolta back in. What did they think it was? Too, did they think it was too subtle? Do they want to make <laughs> it more over the top?
3: More doves.
2: Just yeah, more it. doves. Yeah, yeah. Doves
1: like, like, John Woo, you had one dove scene. What's going on?
2: He's sitting there, like, I spent twelve
0: hours setting up that dropping <laughs> spoons
1: <laughs> and throwing <laughs> doves.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. Oh.
1: Fair enough. Bass off. That's, Fair a, enough.
2: that's that's a good film. I like
1: that one. We haven't really talked much about I'm satisfied. Um I'll <laughs> let you guys crack
2: on I'm I'm satisfied that we've talked enough about I'm satisfied. Yes.
1: Yeah. Chorus chorus fade. We can
2: move on. Yeah. One a one to four chord sequence. That's that's all my notes.
1: Oh, the classic.
2: Yeah.
3: It's a filler. Yeah. It's very much a filler track.
1: Which is odd to put it right at the end. <laughs> it's like normally if you're going to put filler, have it in the middle. Yeah. Mm. And then you get until it's, which is last it's not
2: right at the end because
1: then there's until I mean it's more or less the end because you're going to skip this one to go to until so it's yeah.
3: <laughs> pretty much I mean I don't know about you guys I found it a really nice surprise at the end of the album
1: what, to not it was it was have great. the falsetto and... that's what I was here
2: yeah why did we have to wait until the end to hear the chest
0: voice <laughs> you were alive. Their and your hair was like the and I thought it was a really nice
3: song, though. I thought it was again a bit different yeah. to the rest of the album. I mean, it was quite simple. I put on here. I don't know why I put this bit. It sounds like a Michael Jackson song from the nineties.
1: Oh, I can I, see that. Mm. Yeah, but one of his less impassioned ones. So not not Earth song, but. No, thank God. I was, it's I was like a karaoke song, once. but it doesn't have the ending of earth song.
2: I was at karaoke once and like I was with the, with my work and the most like mild mannered doesn't want to sing sort of like we finally got him to choose. He chose the earth song to oh sing God. and it was like so my. long
3: he ripped his shirt,
2: it was torturous i he fell down to the knees you know
1: did all of that but oh, it was no. yeah did, did he have some posts that he was sort of holding on to and... did you moon
3: everyone <laughs> you get up on stage and
2: just moon everyone no no no, no. Jarvis. yeah no it was uh it was just one of those ones that's like probably not my go-to karaoke song if i was going to pick one song <laughs> to impress <laughs> Impress all of my colleagues, I wouldn't be picking the Earth song by Michael jack I
4: haven't seen the
1: guy. Um, the guy doing Jackson. karaoke, who sings Tequila. <laughs> no. Yeah. So it's just there uh, for ages. I'm just like, tequila <speaking> tequila <üyor> Brilliant. Decisions like a, yeah. Tequila.
2: <laughs> that would have been a good one to pick. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, very very different. Yeah. Yeah, very different to the rest of the album, a lot more atmospheric. atmospheric. Yeah, there you go. Jinx. Yeah. I, hey. Yeah. I,
2: I just put it, it's a weird piece to finish on. Yeah, yeah, it
1: is an odd choice, and it doesn't fade out.
2: <gasps> Ooh. Ooh.
1: It, it ends. It actually just ends on a note, uh, and that's it. Well. So maybe that's why it was weird. It was them experimenting. Yeah. With yeah. A,
3: a trying to work to out
1: how to finish, yeah.
3: I did put uh, as well, I uh, don't know about you guys, I thought it was the most modern-sounding song on the whole album i actually also didn't immediately
2: I'll, I'll save it for my i'll save well i was saving it for my final thoughts but the whole album itself is strangely really ahead of its time in terms of it all sounds like 90s r b hip-hop sort of stuff mm. yet it is so of its time and in terms of the sounds that they're using the timbres and so on it's it's a really it's hard to articulate how futuristic it is in a way, yet how rooted in the 70s and 80s it is.
1: Well, do you think that's just because in the 90s, that's what they were sampling, 20-year-old well, exa- yeah, records? exactly. But it, so, that kind of... It, it kind of became, became the, the sound of, it of the by virtue of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That and Europop. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, well, nice. Well, that leads us nicely onto, uh, onto the questions. Mm. Um, which one do I want to do first, really? Um, Stefan, favourite song?
2: Was it Search Find? Whichever one you said was the just the complete rip of The house. Brick house. yeah. Yeah, yeah Search that Find. That was my favourite one.
1: Chloe? I,
3: yeah, Search Find. Brilliant song, and I definitely think that it definitely should have been a single, and that's the hell I will die on but probably apart from that inside and out i really really like that song mm. anyway but or tragedy
1: so just, to be fair
3: or tragedy yeah but yeah. yeah tragedy is such a good just such a good song such a great opener
1: i mean i'm i'm going to say tragedy is my favorite song on this album because yeah. it's an absolute banger it is. we all know it yep it's just so good yep That's what I'm saying. It's too powerful of an opener. Yeah. You know, at least with Black Shuck, the best opener to an album in the world ever, it's then followed by uh, another great song. um, True. And it's great throughout, you know, another powerful high energy song. And then they bring you down gently into the slower stuff. Whereas with the Bee Gees, it's just like, right, that's it. Boom. Uh, And now we're just going to be nice and slow. All right. Stefan, who would you like to cover? What song? I got three
2: choices for this one. Ooh, like I say, on me. I feel like Tragedy could do with a real serious upgrade, not just like a tongue-in-cheek kind of pastiche parody sort of thing. I reckon the Foo Fighters would be really good at doing a like a heavier version of Tragedy because they would treat it with a bit of care and they wouldn't, like I say, as a total pastiche, mm. or maybe the Flaming Lips would be a really good cover of that oh good shout otherwise love you inside out could be done really well by Wolfpick. oh yeah that's
1: a shout that's a shout chloe i didn't know
3: this was a question you were going to ask so i haven't really had a chance to think i definitely think we ask it
1: every podcast every episode i thought you were fan number one (laughs) she never makes it to the end of the podcast she (laughs) was turned up about halfway through
4: i just
3: i just fall asleep um no i don't I agree with Stefan. Tragedy definitely could be done as more of a rock number. And funnily enough, actually, I, you might have listened to it. The Foo Fighters covered "You Should Be Dancing" a couple of weeks ago, to, to great success. But failing that, I think I'm just going to refer to the Feist cover of "Inside Out." It's already been done. It's fantastic. I thoroughly recommend.
1: I'd like to hear average white Band do "Living Together." Oh.
3: Ooh,
1: nice. yeah! I think they'd do a really good job of it. Alternatively, you know, the Commodore's doing uh, Search Find, obviously. <laughs> um, the
3: ultimate combination.
1: Yeah. I, d- I didn't say tragedy just because I thought, oh, it's been done. Steps have done a good cover of it already. Uh, but then I didn't think about the, the alternative version covers of it. Mm. So, But I'd, I'm just going to stick to my guns. I want to see average white band doing Living Together.
3: Okay. Good out.
1: Right, well I guess the next question is Stefan. Mm. Does this go into your top ten?
2: I think if it was to, it would be knocking out uh um, It'd be knocking out
1: Steely Dan.
2: Oh, uh, would it? Did I did I already boot out um John Martin? Oh well he yeah. hmm. booted out Steely
3: Dan though, I must say it would cause me physical pain and distress because
2: even though you suggested this album.
3: Yeah, but Steely Dan is like mm,
2: I have worse to <laughs> Okay. I don't think I'm allowed to put this in my top 10, which I'm actually quite comfortable with uh, not having it in there. So I I will say no under the caveat that I'm not allowed to.
1: Happen. Okay. Uh, I'm putting it in at number one. Uh, and No, I'm not putting it at number one. Uh, it's not going into my top 10 either. I was just uh, about
2: to say, if you're not going to put midnight oil into your top 10, but yeah. you're going to put this number one, I am going to hit the roof.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> no this isn't going into my top 10 either
4: yeah
1: um not necessarily because it's a bad album but just because i prefer all the albums in my top 10 yep That's simple as that pretty much it yep
4: Totally
1: fair. um okay and chloe you don't have a top 10 so this goes into yours by default is right. it one of your top 10 albums of your personal life of, of your you know general albums well it's first we've got to go through and that... check
2: how many albums Seely dan have done <laughs> so it's going to make the top ten yeah. quite quite slim. But,
3: oh, I like this. The yeah. pretzel logic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I could talk about Steely Dan till the cows come home and you've already done that podcast, so I shan't go into it. It's an album. I really have enjoyed it and I've really enjoyed exploring it. It's very different to what I would listen to in my top ten. Like I said, I like a lot of Steely Dan. I like Nick Drake. I'm a big Eagles fan. Like, mm. But, you know, it might be... Thank you. It's probably going to be sneaking into... Yeah, maybe the bottom of my top ten. But it's just, I, you know, I just like to have it on in the background. And when clubs are allowed to open again, I'll definitely be playing it while I get ready to go out.
1: Because nowhere's going to be playing it while you're out.
3: <laughs> it depends on where you go. No, it depends on where you go. There's Tragedy might night. get played, but it's going Tragedy to be the next version. At Hot World, But there's a club night called Boogie Wonderland at Comedia, and there's an excellent DJ. And I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he plays stuff like this all the time, so...
1: Fair enough. I'll be trying to
3: knock down the door of the comedia when we're allowed.
1: Well, this brings us to the final question. Are you ready? He nodded yes. So he's answered the final question. He is ready. Thank you very much. <laughs> Stefan, is Spirits Having Flown by the Bejeez a sound purchase?
2: No. I really enjoyed listening to Tragedy. And it was one of those songs where I sat there and I've kicked my feet listening to this one. I wasn't very happy with it. And I heard Tragedy when I finally sat down to listen to it and I was like, oh, actually, you know what? This might be all right. And then immediately after there, all my hopes faded with the chorus of Tragedy. Yeah. Did they come on too strong? No, look, I think I think it's an interesting album. It's certainly, it's a successful album. Is not my kind of album at this point.
1: I would probably agree with you, under the caveat that I'd probably, I'd, if I was going to buy it, it would be a charity shop jobby. Like if I saw it at a charity shop for like one pound fifty, I'd probably buy it. I'm not uh. even
2: sure I would. If you gave it to me, I would keep it. At this point, <laughs> oh. <laughs> like,
3: uh, Jake, destroy the gift I got him.
2: <laughs> no, I, yeah, not for me. This one It's not for me.
1: Well, you can tell by the way I use my walk that I'm Jake, and this was a sound purchase. A podcast is a deep dive to explore iconic recordings. This episode was elegantly extrapolated from the ravings of Mad Men by producer Paul Loughran. Uh, you can show your appreciation for the episode when you like, review, share, and subscribe to us. Each engagement makes the effort all the more worthwhile. And the best way to grow the podcast is, as ever, by word of mouth your support is greatly appreciated check the show notes and all the gum at asoundpurchase.com you can engage with us on social media under the handle sound purchase pod you can support us by buying all of our beautiful wonderful merch t-shirts hoodies mugs stickers and the like by going to a forward slash shop other episodes are available at all the good podcast places Whilst you're here, become friends to the show uh, to gain access to loads of extra stuff, bonus podcasts, blog posts, little ramblings that we do from time to time, things like that. Join for free on asoundpurchase.com forward slash F-O-T-S. And as ever, if you've enjoyed the sounds during today's episode, visit your local record store and pick up a copy.